Even though we're talking with Ryan about the NFL, I got to still congratulate uh, <laughs> the Texas Rangers here. Yeah, uh, why not? Rooting for the Rangers to make it to the uh, finals. Well, it's better than rooting for the Cowboys. World Series. Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see uh, the Dodgers and the Rangers. But first, the Dodgers have to get past a few teams. So do the Rangers. We'll see what happens. But anyhow. Welcome, everyone, back to Living the Good Life Show. Hanging out with us, Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast. In mourning, after a just debacle from those New York Giants. He's almost dressed in black. <laughs> yeah. You and Johnny Cash. Yeah, exactly. How you doing, my man? Uh, yeah, I almost feel like I, I owe a giant apology for my uh, unbridled optimism about the New York football Giants. I'm sorry. It's been a while since we've had a reason to be optimistic. Turns out it's all frauds. The coach isn't smart. The quarterback isn't good. The defense, maybe they're all right. But, yeah, real bummer. Uh, and as far as your baseball chatter, anyone but Mattress Mac, right? I mean, that, that's all we're about. That, we can't have Oh, that I can't have the Astros in it, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, first of all, let me ask you a question here. And we'll start with uh, the New York Giants a little bit, just because we, you know, we – we are we've been high on them, obviously, um, and I'm. I mean, look at to a certain point, I am still high. I just you know, it's really hard to be rocked. It's really hard to be starting the year like this, and then looking at the upcoming schedule and playing two really difficult teams coming up. But you know, that being said, here's the thing: it's like all this chatter about all this chatter about how bad Daniel Jones is. It's like for me. I understand that one last pick in the end zone, the red zone, it really even threw Brian Dable for a loop. I've never seen him get this mad at Daniel Jones. But, like, things do happen like this. You saw the Kansas City game where they – I mean, I, I got to be honest with you, I thought the Jets should have won that game. But we'll get into that. But Pat Mahomes threw an interception that was kind of bad. I mean, you could have easily said – that was a pretty big mistake. It wasn't like an accident. It wasn't a tip pass. It wasn't anything like that. Things do happen like that. But here's the thing. It's like, why get on Daniel Jones when he simply has, and I mean not one or two or three, he has zero protection. Zero. There, no one's doing their job. It's almost embarrassing. I feel like high school football sometimes is better on the line. It's really frustrating, Ryan. It, it does make you wonder. I think, you know, there was a lot of just free pass given to Dable and his system and, and, the, and the way they practiced. We, we heard about it, right? It was much more of a country club atmosphere, uh, a player's kind of off, off season. And, you know, when it worked, it was like, oh, great. He knows what he's doing. He's managing health. But then when it doesn't work, it's funny how bad, how quickly you snap into the mode of someone's got to take the blame. And I think you're right. I, I do think it's very easy for the quarterback who just got paid a lot of money, who's struggling without the running back, who didn't get paid a lot of money. Uh, it's easy for them to put the big red target on Dan Jones's back. My concern is that as someone who fancies themselves as a football savant, I'm starting to see things that concern me in terms of like, well, we certainly he's going to progress, right? Certainly he's going to be able to do more. So yeah, obviously need, need time. It would be great if the offensive line wasn't banged up. It would be great if the best player on the line uh, didn't get hurt on a block field goal play. And then you played uh, again, back to the coaching and then you played him for two quarters to let him further injure that leg that 
now Andrew Thomas is out. It looks like another week here. So I I don't even know how to be optimistic because it's not even like Dan Jones is making plays mm. that give me hope. Mm-hmm. The offensive line not giving it. The only hope is coming from the defense at this point, and even that is a it's a slippery cliff to hold on to. Yeah, it's um, it's you know look at it, as a Giants fan, and by the way. You know, Evan Neal's comments aren't helping the situation either. And if anyone wonders what I'm talking about, he's basically just not happy with how the reaction has been from the fans. But how, what do you expect at this point? Like, really? (laughs) You know what? That was a weird one because even if you break apart what he said, he he basically kind of, uh, you know, generalizes the crowd as to say, what are you doing out there, you know, working at a place flipping hamburgers what does that and hot mean? dogs? Well, first of all, uh, we all know this. You guys know this. You broadcast from Pink's. You don't flip hot dogs. <laughs> it's not something you do. You flip a burger. Yeah. So first of all, let's get the let's get the. He was mad. <laughs> he it was, was mad. A, he, he has since, since apologized. But yeah. man, yeah. you you want to enjoy some content? Just yeah. flip on any of those clips from the AM guys up in New York <laughs> reacting to Evan Neal. Really, really good stuff. <laughs> Oh man! Have you, uh, had a, have, you, have you had a Pink's chili dog? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, let, let me tell you the the burrito with two hot dogs and the pastrami and chili. When I was a younger man, that was the go to late night option. I think wow. they called it. They I think they call it like the pink. I, I don't know. It's it's really unhealthy. I wouldn't recommend it if you're over forty. But mm, it's delicious when you're twenty five well, and two a.m. So I'm gonna send this to Richard Pink because that's he will appreciate good. this. Oh, it's a state. It's an L.A. staple. It right? is. It yeah. is. It's a landmark for sure. So moving right along here, there's some things to kind of uh, dissect and look at. You know, in this upcoming week here now with. Uh, um, a lot of good football, I think, and I think a lot of things actually took place this past week, just kind of looking at certain teams and just like, you know, we were looking at the Giants and their upcoming schedule, we're looking at some of the other things that might have worked out, I think, and some takeaways that I'm actually, I'm happy with myself because I figured this was going to way, this is going to plan. Like I th- always thought CJ Stroud was going to be a really good guy, good quarterback, He's looking like he is going to be that guy. We'll see. I know it's early, but what's your takeaway from the Texans? Because this is like a 180. I picked. Yeah, it. and I think. Well, I I think we were both pretty high on CJ Stroud, no doubt. And we had some conversations. And one of the reasons that I thought he had a great chance once we found out he was going to the Texans was you look at what he did at Ohio State and what he was strong at there getting the ball to the first read off of play action. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is he doing now in the Bobby Slowick offense, a.k.a. Bobby Slowick came over from San Francisco. It's the same type of offense. You think Mike McDaniels, you think Kyle Shanahan, these quarterbacks all seem to be throwing to wide-open guys. And so I think last week we saw the final kind of piece of that offense. We saw the running game take off. And if C.J. Stroud's going to have a running game, and we now see Nico Collins looks like he could be a dude. Tank Dell's been fun. We haven't really seen John Mechie yet. He's a former uh, high-round draft pick, if you remember, uh, battling back from leukemia. So, yeah, nothing but optimism coming out of this team. And, honestly, one of the things I love about the Texans more than how they're playing on the field, I love a team with a young coach who just – he looks fit, and he's jumping up and down. He's getting the troops riled up. I stand by the idea that like what Pete Carroll brought from college to the pros is a lot of what has him being successful, and I think that's a lot about this team. D'Amico Ryans has these players believing because of how much energy he pours into it. 
you know, week five to uh, maybe predictions or just things to look at and look forward to. Uh, anything that really stands out for you? Well, I actually, the Texans are a good uh, example, and it, it, this is a good kind of learn. You know how how to bet one hundred and one. The Texans are a team everyone's talking about in a very positive way right now. When we look at you know who they've faced and the the defenses that C.J. Stroud has had to go against, it, uh-huh. it's, it hasn't exactly been uh, lights out. Well, very good, right? And also been doing it without the starters on the offensive line, which our Giants somehow can't figure that out. But all of these reasons kind of give me pause when I say, how good is this team really? I was high on them to begin with, but I think somehow the public has even passed me by. And I think on the other end, you have the Falcons who are coming off two road games, a situation that they just are going to struggle in all year. Now they're coming back home, a place that Desmond Ritter specifically has thrived in. Fun fact, the last time Desmond Ritter lost a home game, he was a junior in high school, and the year was 2015. So I actually think this is a good example of where you can sell high, buy low in the market uh, known as the NFL. I think the Falcons are going a little low here, sitting at a price of minus two, and I think the Texans, I think a little high, I mean, you typically think about an NFL game, if they're even teams, we should see about a three-point spread. To me, these are very even teams kind of coming out of two different situations. And so, good example of where I would actually look to fade the Texans here. Maybe C.J. Stroud on the road in a more difficult environment against a better pass rush. A little bit uh, shakier. And then on the flip side, Desmond Ritter, who looks tremendously horrible on the road, has been a decent quarterback at home, putting up 49 points on the season. And so, yeah, that that would be one of the angles I kind of like because it gives you the opportunity to buy one team low, sell another team high. Got to ask, right, Pop? Well, no. I was going to just say uh, 49ers just look so strong to me now. It's a little bit scary for that division. But uh, Cowboys uh, travel uh, to, to the Bay? Here's the thing. Yeah, we want to talk about we want to talk to you about two games in particular. We want to talk to you about obviously the Cowboys and the 49ers and we want to talk to you about the Eagles and the Rams. And you know, I I want to be optimistic and say that the Rams could be the team to finally, you know, give the Eagles their loss. Um what will it take for them to do it? Is it is it the I mean, is it Cooper Cup? I mean, I don't know. Or what? what is it? What do you think? I do. I wonder about Cooper Cup because obviously getting a guy back like that is a huge deal. The Eagles secondary actually has – it has weakness this year. They're a little banged up, and they really haven't faced any teams that could test it. I do think that Cooper Cup comes back. It's interesting. But will he run the same role as Puka Nakua? Will Puka Nakua be as effective in a different role? I do legitimately ask that because Puka Nakua is pacing like faster than his Cooper Cup's 2021 pace. I think it's also going to come down to the health of Stafford. From what I'm hearing, Stafford's a little bit more banged up Mm. maybe than they're letting on. It's a hip injury. And honestly, if he's not 100%, that gives me a lot of pause for this team. I do think they're in a great spot. Uh, They are coming back from an East Coast situation. But the fact that the Eagles played a tough divisional game, two overtime, 
Now they're traveling to the West Coast. My concern is it's going to feel like a home game for the Eagles. My co-host on the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sean Green, and all these filthy Eagles fans are headed headed to SoFi, and, and I feel like so many games out here, it turns out to be a road home oh. game. And so, yeah, my, my big concern would be the Eagles really haven't been t- – you say the Eagles haven't really looked great or haven't really done the job. Oh. They also haven't really been tested a ton. And so uh, last week to be tested by the commander, we kind of saw them woke up, wake up a little bit, and I and I worry a little bit that a not hundred percent Stafford, regardless of Cooper Cup, is still going to be a, a tough match against this pass rush. And if he he starts getting dinged up, I I think the floor is pretty low for the Rams. So I would actually look to to take the Eagles. And unfortunately, I've been a Rams guy all season, but yeah. this week is is probably where I stop. Uh, sorry, Pop. There you go. The air has been let out. Can't, you can't win them all. No. Can't win them all. Uh, it's better than a hey, two and three is better than going a uh, one and three. Tell it to the rusting yeah. Don Shula. or one and four. I mean, tell, the, yeah. tell it to the rusting Don Shula. There you go. Uh, now, uh, last but not least, not to ignore other games, but this uh, slate's pretty interesting, and and this is the one that stands out. I think the most. Two of the best teams, unfortunately, I got to say it in the league. You know, the Cowboys and the 49ers. And look, at, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But my takeaway or my opinion is that the Dallas Cowboys defense is better than their offense. And I feel like they're almost scoring more points from the defense than they are from the offense. And I also feel, oh God, I feel like I'm Stephen A. Smith, but he's not making, <laughs> like he makes sense. It's the truth. Like the defense is very good, even without Trayvon Diggs. There's no way they are going. Dak Prescott will be able to stay with McCaffrey and everyone else on that team on the 49ers. I don't know. It's it's in Santa Clara too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this to me is a very interesting spot, and I just this is one of the games where I'm going to go back and look at the history. This Niners team just seems to have Dak's number. You look at the last two times they played: 2022 playoffs in San Francisco. And they were held to 12 points. Uh, you, you remember the turnovers by Dak. Then yeah. 2021, who can forget that game? Cowboys only score 17 points. The infamous uh, Dak decides to go on a little stroll and run the clock out on his own team. All-time playoff blunder. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I think when you put up 19 points in your last two games that really mattered against the San Francisco 49ers, I can't look to, to take – the Cowboys side on the road here I think you're right I think not only are the Cowboys better the defense better than the offense but I think the Niners defense is better than all those units and potentially the best unit on the on the field at any given time and we haven't really even discussed how Brock Purdy looks and how you know he hasn't lost a regular season game he looks unstoppable at home George Kittle hasn't really even gotten going it's been a lot of McCaffrey and so, uh, you know, I was very uh, skeptical on the odds with, of the 49ers in the preseason without knowing who the quarterback was. I was wrong. Brock Purdy looks amazing. They are a juggernaut right now, and I think this is an unbelievable spot to bet on the Niners laying the points. I think I'm a little hard, and I need to lighten up a little bit, but I feel like, I feel like you could almost put any quarterback on the 49ers right now, and they could be pretty efficient. I mean, it's not every day you have this particular lineup. I mean, you look at every position, and it's just like it gives you goosebumps. I mean, like, you have to be an efficient quarterback. You can't make mistakes. But other than that, 
hand the ball off to Christian, make some nice throws. He's still having issues with the long ball. We know this. But at the end of the day, it's like the 49ers, these guys, they put together a nice team. This is just money, dude. Well, and, and uh, you know, the joke is that this is the Trey Lance revenge spot or Trey Lance bowl because, of course, Trey Lance was traded to the Cowboys, and that's the front office gets a lot of a lot of crap for that, right? That was a horrible pick in a very bright bright light. They traded away a lot, but you look at all the other picks they've gotten right, and that's essentially what's enabled them to put whatever quarterback in there. The system is very QB friendly, and I think maybe the reason that Purdy is. Uh, succeeding is because what he what he excelled at coming out of Iowa State was all the processing stuff. He was physically not there. That's why he was a seventh round pick, and that's I think still why we see when he throws off his back foot like he did against the Giants game um, a multiple two to times that he's gonna ha- he's gonna throw some bad interceptions at times just like Jimmy D- G did. But I think it's that same thing. You're looking for someone who's gonna get the ball to the right read more often than he isn't. And I think he only really struggles when he has to get off that first and second read and has to maybe have a little bit more difficult to throw. So to your point, I think a lot of quarterbacks would succeed here as long as they can process quickly. And so, yeah, I think uh, we have to say some nice things about Brock Purdy, yeah. though, because he is executing very, very well. Nick Bolsa passed the uh, Cowboys uh, line. Huh? Jeez. He's even the... He's got the biggest legs I've ever seen. I don't usually could, make it an, an you know a normal thing to look at he, men's he legs, tear, but man, he could tear Brett Prescott up. This guy's legs, his thighs. Have you seen them? Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm big at Ohio I, State. Yeah, we, we we will have to. I mean, we'll keep an eye on it because, uh, as you know, Dak to uh, to go through getting a tattoo, he had to sedate himself. <laughs> yeah. I so know. hopefully, he can endure some sacks from Nick Bosa. I would imagine the pain will be worse. Yeah. Before we go to break, we've uh, we've talked about a few things. You talked a little little cash, but game of the week for you, man. Oh, you know what it is. The Colts are banged up, and the the Titans just have their number in Indy. Uh, give give me Mike Vrabel and the Titans on the money line. Lay the points. Whatever you got to do. The Titans win big. Titans, everyone. Ryan Kramer, as always. Enjoy Vegas. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. 